0: Hi, everyone. Drew Cherry, Editorial Director of Interfish Media. We've got a special podcast for you this week. This is a live panel that we recorded from the Interfish Iceland Seafood Investor Forum. Now, it was a fantastic event. We brought together executives from all across the spectrum. But one of the areas we focused on was the burgeoning Icelandic salmon farming industry. And what was exciting is that we were able to talk about not only the opportunities, but the challenges facing the sector. It was a great, frank discussion, and if you're interested in what's going to happen with this industry and where it might go, uh, you're in for a treat. On the panel that afternoon, we had a fantastic lineup of guests. We had Greta Finsen, the CFO of Loxar Fiskeldi, Christian Matthiasen, the CEO of Arnerlox, Gudmundur Gislesen, the CEO of Icefish Farm, Stein Overtweiten, the CEO of Arctic Fish, and Ronvaldur Goodmundsen, the CEO of Aqua Future. So enjoy this discussion live from the Interfish Seafood Investor Forum in Reykjavik, brought to you by Arian Bank. What we've seen from this morning is uh, there are a lot of questions, there's a lot of excitement, um, but a lot still to work out. And again, as I said before, that's part of what's exciting about the sector. Um, But Christian, I want to start with you, um, and in particular, um, your thoughts on... The importance of Norwegian investors and Norwegian salmon farming companies coming into Iceland and sharing their expertise. Now, do you expect to see more of that? Um, and how do you see that developing in terms of the uh, of the positive aspects of uh, Norwegian companies, <coughs> particularly those with, with experience in the northern part of the country?
1: Well, when we um, when um, when we started. Quite early, and in 2014, we had uh, we were in discussions with uh, with Bakafrost. We went to we went to Salmar. Uh, we wanted to we wanted to get a partner one of the one of the best in best in class. At that time, uh, Salmar was not uh, was not ready, uh, but they came in later in late 2015. I felt, I felt in 2015 when I stepped into stepped into Salmar's office, Leif Inge, and Gustav's office for the for the first time. And they said, Christian, we want to we want to be a part of your operation in in Iceland. I sort of felt like a 17-year-old signing for Real Madrid. It was a, <laughs> it was a validation of what we were doing. We were extremely extremely proud uh, of what we what we had done so far, and we got their their um, competence to come in and in and help us as well. Uh, their competence and their guidelines uh, has been extremely extremely important important for us. They are Helping us, uh, helping us um, uh, keep in mind what is important in in fish farming, how we should take the uh, take the correct correct steps, and uh, we are really really proud and uh, that we have them with us. But it's also important to to point out that Analux is not Salmar. Analux is Analux. We are our company. We have, but we have one uh, one big industrial owner together together with us, helping support us. But we are not. We are not Salmar, we are analogs and we are extremely proud to be Icelandic analogs building the, the industry and the future here in, in Iceland.
0: Stenhofer, same question to you and uh, a bit of a look backwards. What do you think it was that was the tipping point that had Norwegian salmon farming companies actually make the investment, not just show the interest but actually invest money? What was, what was it that finally made, uh, made the decision?
2: No, well, uh, fundamentally, I think it's important for a company to have growth and development, and uh, I guess that's part of also our owners' as well uh, decision. Basically, uh, it is a part to to to, to, to take uh, take take part of a development, and and, uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, it was like one guy's once said: "It's like uh, you have development, or you have." D development, if you can say it like that, and for a company that's like fundamental, uh, and I think that was maybe the most important uh, aspects of the interest for NRS to come into to, uh, to uh, Arctic fish.
0: So, um you know, you, you mentioned uh, reaching out to investors and having a, quite a time getting them to commit uh, and actually put uh, put money into these projects. Uh, again, given these variables, given the risk, um, what case needs to be made to get other investors to, uh, to come into the sector? Because certainly that's going to be critical uh, to grow this sector. It's actually attracting more than, uh, more than just Norwegian salmon players. There needs to be other people uh, participating. So um, what does the industry need to do to go about bringing, uh, bringing those investors in?
3: our focus is uh, production uh, produce uh, good fish at uh, reasonable cost uh, compared to the volume and show that we uh, can uh, grow the fish and uh, sell it at a premium price uh, so that's a fundamental of building up a company that you can produce the product and uh, so that's where we are aiming at uh, getting a uh, Uh, really on details how to maximize uh, production. And also the regulatory uh, framework in Iceland needs to be cleared out by the government so we can uh, have a a good foundation uh, to stand on for future growth. Uh, I think those two are the most important uh, aspects. And as the market has been in salmon farming, uh, huge demand, and demand is growing fast, so uh, I believe we will have uh, no problem of selling uh, salmon out of Iceland. Uh, but the uh, question at the moment is, uh, will we have the support from the government?
0: We'll get back to that in a moment, as well as the marketing side, because those are critical points. Uh, Greta, I'm, I'm going to, uh, to go to you next. Um, although we, we are now going to be calling this the big four. Uh, We're going to make that stick, I promise. We'll we'll figure out how to make that stick. But um, that said, uh, these companies are are quite small. um, And even as they grow, there will be uh, the need at some point for consolidation. So uh, a couple of questions on this point. Is there any room for new players to come into the sector, number one? Uh, And number two... When does uh, consolidation start to make sense uh, and start to happen? Uh,
4: I think there's plenty of room for others to come into the sector, especially uh, everybody needs smalt at the moment. So if somebody is willing to, to build up a, a, small, a small facility, it will be able to sell the smalts before noon, I would think. Uh, of course, it's de- de- dependent on, on licenses if others have room to, to set up uh, facilities and operation. But uh, I wouldn't think that, that the companies are ready for consolidation uh, right now, but, but of course it will happen at some, some states. Uh, we are in the final just the final stages of, of just setting up the company. This is our first year of harvesting. Uh, we put our first smalls in, in C 2017, and we won't have full production uh, until... Uh, Mid-year next year, so so we're just in the final stages of setting up um, and building up the company. So we're not quite there yet, uh, thinking about consolidation, but it will come in in some years. I Mm. think.
0: um, Greta brought up a a good point, and it came up in most of the presentations as well. And that's the smolt bottleneck. Uh, And the challenge here is, although there's great opportunity, there's still uh, there still are regulatory questions, um, and there's still the possibility in, in some cases to have the rug pulled out from under some of these uh, plans. So it's a chicken and the, sorry, egg, sorry, that's, uh, we'll have to talk about that and talk about uh, a row at another time. But it's a chicken uh, the egg uh, situation, which is investing in small capacity, uh, with the question mark of whether or not the licenses will be there for full grow out, how does the industry uh, need to handle that?
2: It's uh, a good question, basically, and that is uh, a little bit of the situation that we are in. Uh, for us, particularly, it has been like a pretty clear uh, vision that the smalt is essential uh, to actually build up this production. And uh, of course, it is a risk doing that when you are uncertain about uh, licenses. So, but this, like you said, it's the chicken and eggs. What comes first? And for us, it was to get the small prepared and taking that risk, basically. And then, of course, our operation uh, uh, taking that has been like we're taking also step by step uh, and adjusting also the small production to to, to the sea capacity. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to stick with you for just uh, one moment here because of your uh, because of your experience and background. Um, cold water is one of the potential challenges. Um, tell us a bit about some of the ways that that risk can be mitigated, insofar that it can. Um, we've seen in northern Norway that there's been a fantastic success in addressing that. Um, what can be done here in, in Iceland um, to to help? Uh, overcome uh, that particular challenge? Cold water, basically.
2: Mm. Well, uh, I'm surprised, actually, to see uh, how... uh, uh, This was a cold winter, basically. It was lower than normal, at least the normal uh, historical uh, data that we have, and the fish is doing okay, also down and under one degrees. Uh, Of course, one of the preventive uh, preventive, uh, measurements that we are doing is to have the depth in the nets and so on, and, of course, take... uh, good care uh, and monitoring the fish during the winter to actually uh, be careful in that period. And of course you have the handling the fish situation during the winter. that can be an issue. We see clear that there is a need also to uh, scale up the harvest capacity uh, so we can actually take out cages instead of using weeks to get out the cage. That is the winter issue related to handling the fish. So this is things that we have to adapt and it's also a part of that scale that we have to be on to be able to do the right the decision and the right investments in the future.
0: Mm. Uh, Ron van Duur, um, uh, Paul alluded to this earlier and I think we, uh, we're focused on the business side here at this uh, event, but, um, but we do need to talk a bit about the social license. And one of the challenges when you do have such a strong wild salmon contingent as you do in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, where Cook was completely shut down after one escape. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, you've, you've moved in uh, to Iceland with the idea of uh, developing some, uh, some technology to address uh, both lice and escapes. How important do you feel that uh, that it is to invest in more than just traditional net pen technology?
5: Well, uh, I think uh, looking f- to the future, th- that is very, very important. And uh, being here, the tiniest of the well, the fifth of the big four. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, let's start with the big four. <laughs> we'll work our way up, okay. <laughs>
0: No, well, we, we are,
5: uh, we are uh, addressing this from a quite uh, opposite angle, actually, than uh, the others. We are coming here after having established us in Norway and uh, coming ourselves to, to Iceland to uh, uh, apply for licenses, and uh, based on a closed cage uh, technology that has proven quite good in, in uh, Norway, in northern Norway. Uh, with uh, uh, no sea lice and, uh, and uh, minimum uh, we have a double, uh, double security flow of uh, escapes and we have been uh, very lucky. Uh, you can n- never say 100% uh, security up, of uh, escapes but uh, I can uh, confidently say we have 100% uh, uh, lice-free production. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, will be furthermore uh, 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 f- further uh, important. in, in the uh, salmon business. We see that there has been uh, stagnation in, in Norway, for example, uh, because, of, uh, because of the uh, life situation. And uh, the CEO of Marine Harvest, the biggest uh, biggest uh, fish farming company in the world, says that if we are going to grow, if we are going to grow up in Norway to five million tons in uh, in 2050, we have to have to uh, separate the lice from the salmon. So that's a, that's a huge. Uh, uh, project of course.
0: Goodmundor hmm. another thing that uh, has been discussed here is the importance of cooperation the importance of having a unified uh, front for the the salmon farming industry and certainly that's played a huge role in the success of the norwegian uh, salmon farming industry is that spirit of cooperation both on technology but also on presenting a unified front to both the government uh, and to the community so You're uh, you're the chairman of the association. Um, What do you think the industry can do? It's a very small industry, but what do you think the industry can do and should do to make the case for uh, for Iceland salmon farming industry?
3: I'm not the chairman of the association. I'm a board member. Uh, But the uh, but as unified uh, we are uh, today, uh, we have. uh, Association of fish Farmers in Iceland and, uh, and we've been working on uh, together to come to a uh, so understanding between uh, us and, and uh, the government and then uh, the fish farmers, uh, the fish anglers, anglers and, and so on. And I uh, was a part of this committee that finished uh, last summer that uh, we signed an agreement uh, or or a report that uh, we will uh, use the science uh, to find out how how much we can uh, produce and and so on. And uh, much, uh, a lot of new rules into the current law, which just makes it uh, more uh, uh, easier for the government to surveillance what we are doing and that's what we uh, all agree on that uh, we need strict uh, conditions we need uh, good regulatory framework uh, so we do not uh, uh, are tempted not to do what what's not good for the for the salmon and the uh, environment so i believe we are working very hard and and, uh, and uh, full speed on on establishing uh, salmon farming in Iceland uh, uh, myself, I founded the first uh, data center in 2009 and uh, I also uh, was hit in the wall with a lot of regulatory and and, uh, different kinds of uh, opinions on on that business. So when you have a new business growing up in a new area you have a lot of people that are asking and and we need to set the rules and, and find the best way to work this through. So I think this is a time that uh, is uh, very healthy and uh, extremely good for everybody to get to know what salmon farming is and how the rules should be. So, And we've been very active getting knowledge from Faroe Islands, from Norway. Uh, The law that was placed in Iceland in 2015 is excellent law. It's, uh, uh, you know, focusing on having rather uh, fewer players and... uh, and uh, generation splits and and so on. So it's all the necessary uh, up-to-date law that that we need. And uh, further adjustment to that is also good.
0: Mm. Uh, Let's shift to the market side. Um, Christian, you you mentioned how uh, Jamie Oliver kind of blew up in everybody's uh, faces. Um, But that's certainly not the the case. That is one example. Uh, Arnarlaksa's uh, salmon is in Whole Foods and I've, I've seen it there and it's uh, well promoted uh, by, by that group and certainly when you have the backing of a company like that that's known for sustainable seafood coupled with whatever Amazon is going to do, um, that's very positive. Now, um, tell us a bit about how the positioning of, uh, of Icelandic salmon farming in that premium eco-friendly uh, way um, is going to uh, be key to the expansion of the industry because it certainly was something every one of you mentioned
1: yeah I think that uh, when it comes to when it comes to marketing of Icelandic salmon uh, we we all have a we all have a job to do we need to we need to find a way and and I think one thing that is important going forward is that we don't allow the we don't allow the standards to tell us how we are going to operate our operator farms because for example with the with the whole foods they put a lot of restraints on our on our production some of them are very difficult to difficult to meet and um, i think it's important that we start to define what is the icelandic salmon because we also are in the possibility to do to do that there has been very little amounts of icelandic salmon going into the into the market and we need to in a position where it is the Icelandic salmon giving us a, a premium not that it's sold through Whole Foods or um, or any any other markets sort of like the um, like the, uh, the Faroese have been have been doing it's the, it's the Faroese brand itself which is creating creating values not the different production methods they are um, they are using to to get there and and um, so that's a sort of uh, my my big uh, big dream is that we can we can define uh, between us uh, what is the Icelandic salmon how we're going to how we're going to, to market it and don't let the don't let the standards be decisive on um, on how we're going to run our run our production because we will and we in Analogs, we have had challenges for them um, especially in 2018 a lot of challenges biological biological challenges and we have to make sure that we don't end up in a situation where we are out of out of markets because of the biolog- biological challenges we are, we are facing and that we will continue to continue to face because salmon farming is also, it's mainly about solving the, the challenges which comes along.
0: Is there efforts underway to create any kind of Icelandic salmon brand amongst the? No, amongst hop- I'm hoping we had some, some
1: discussions uh, last year uh, that didn't, um, we didn't manage to bring them any any further. i'm hoping also that this can be um a platform where we can com- come together we can uh, we can start start uh, arguing about how we're going to going to do it it's not going to be easy. everyone has to give something everyone has to has to take something if we're going to make this a reality. but I think it would be a real strength for us to be to be unified in this um, in this situation we can fight as much as we want over, over licenses and, and that thing, but when it, comes to, when it comes to sales and marketing of the fish, I can't see anything else than that working together will make us all stronger. We're all, what is important for us at the end of the day is what are we getting, what are we getting paid for as salmon? And st- if we start competing Icelandic against Icelandic, we will come into a really bad
0: spiral. I want to make sure that uh, the audience knows that uh, you certainly can ask questions. We have one of my colleagues who has a microphone uh, there in the back so if you have any questions please just raise your hand and uh, the the panel will be uh, happy to address them I'm sure. Um, So I want to talk a bit about the production costs and in particular a bit about uh, infrastructure. Um, and Greta, tell me a bit about, uh, about the, the investments that are needed in infrastructure and where that money will come from, because certainly that's going to have a big uh, impact on uh, ultimately on production costs. Yeah.
4: Uh, I mean, uh, services like well boats, uh, service boats, net cleaning, uh, all that, it is coming slowly. Ekersund, uh, for example, is opening up a uh, net cleaning facility in, in uh, uh There has been some, some well boats on offer in Iceland, uh, but I'm sure as the industry is, is growing and we'll get more licenses and, and production up and running, we'll get services. Uh, there are interested parties in, 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 that have a process uh, in offering services, but uh, so far the industry is just too small for for anyone to be able to offer a, a full service in, mm. in, in Iceland. Uh, yeah, but I believe in 1920 we will get there or at least some parts of the way. Uh, we've we seen that uh, uh, there is a lack of uh, veterinarians in Iceland which specializes in, in fish health and fish diseases. Uh, we've actually hired uh, a Norwegian company called uh, FiskCard to, to provide services for us. And then they put up operation in Iceland, and I believe they are working with some of my colleagues at least. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're getting there, but slowly. Uh, but I'm sure once production is up and, and licenses are in place, more and more companies will, will see that they can offer services to us. One other thing is, is like styrofoam boxes. Uh, they're produced in, in one place in Iceland and uh, at a much higher cost than in, in Norway, for example. Uh, so we're moving air, really, from Hapnafjölde to, to the East Coast to pack the salmon. Uh, this is one thing. I'm sure I'm forgetting numerous other things we, we're lacking, but, but this is more or less the story. We need services, but of course services will follow once uh, production is up and, and we're in full production area.
0: S- 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 uh, I want to talk a bit about uh, feed while we're on costs. <clears throat> um, I know Havsbrunn has been uh, active here. Um, certainly there's a, a couple of members of our audience that uh, represent um, a, a major, major uh, Salmoned feed company. Um, so, uh, what are the signs from the larger players that, that Iceland is of any interest? And do you expect them to start to move in and offer services uh, to the Icelandic industry?
2: I really hope so, uh, because there are a lot of possibilities here. Uh, uh, what was said before, basically, it is a little bit depending also the scale, uh, also for us and also for the suppliers to get the car cost down to a level that we can... Can survive on. It's all from the small things to the bigger things. Uh, for example, feed, as you are saying, there is a possibility and should be a lot of opportunity. Also, according to the, all the raw material that is existing on Iceland, uh, but it seems we are a little bit on the fence, basically waiting for the
0: uh, for the for the amount needed, basically on Iceland. Uh, We do need to to start to wrap up and uh, and make our way to to lunch here, unfortunately, because I think there's a lot more to talk about, but uh, we can certainly continue that discussion uh, at lunch. Um, But just very quickly, um, just going down the row uh, and wrapping up your thoughts a bit on the Icelandic salmon farming industry, uh, just a couple of sentences when we're here doing our investor forum in uh, 2025, what does the Icelandic salmon farming industry look like? And uh, Valdu, we'll start with you and work our way down.
5: That's a very easy answer. It's sustainable fish farming in closed cages. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we need... Uh, it's a, uh, that's a, a given that we need the uh, authorities to give our, uh, the playing rules quite clearly. We need to g- get the laws... Uh, Past that, uh, and and have the uh, the uh, inspections. uh, Sorry, I'm I'm uh, now I'm I'm Icelander thinking in Norwegian, Norwegian speaking in Iceland in in English. So it's a bit confusing. Uh, We need to have the uh, authorities have much more uh, knowledge in the uh, in the inspection agencies than we have. So. So the, the uh, authorities have to strengthen all the institutions they, uh, th- th- that
2: are operating today.
0: Great. Standover.
2: Yes. Um, no, basically what I'm uh, predicting and see is that we can come up to a certain level of production here uh, who makes sustainability in, in, the, in the future in, in not only – uh, of course uh, en- environmental friendly how we do it basically according to the wild stocks according to the bottom of the sea and so on and so on <coughs> uh, But also that we're getting up to a level that makes sense uh, In a production cost basically that we have a fair chance to survive in the long term. That's uh, that's incredibly important and uh, predicti- Predictability uh, from the from the government is extremely important uh, to take the right decision to uh, uh, so we
0: can get there. Gudmundur?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, when I started in 2012. Uh, nobody believed in Icelandic fish farming, except two, two or three, <laughs> or four people. So today uh, we have a lot of interest from uh, uh, in, invest, uh, investors, investors, and, and and we are uh, can finance our, our operations and. and uh, so the future is uh, fantastic. Uh, the growth is better than we anticipated. So, and the markets are, you know, golden. The last 10 years, in, uh, since 2012, it's been only way up. And, and uh, it's possible to grow salmon at a large scale in Iceland. That's the big news. And uh, if we look at our friends in Faroe Islands, they built their company uh, their mar- uh, their, their uh, production up quite rapidly, uh, and we will do the same. That's for sure.
1: Christian, uh, I think that uh, during the last three or four years, we have uh, we have built a strong foundation in Iceland. Uh, we have a, a good foundation now that we are going to raise our uh, raise our house on. Uh, what we need now is the building license from the authorities and be sure that we have a good a good uh, a good license and with the with the foundation that uh, not only analogs but all of the other company has uh, companies has put in place uh, I see that we have a we have a good a good future here uh, but we also need to we need to prepare for a, for a normalized salmon price uh, the salmon price that you've been seeing for the last years you can calculate home more or less any project on it, and we need to be competitive in a normalized
4: world as well. Mm. Yeah. What we need, of course, like everybody has been saying, is the regulatory framework to be foreseeable and stable. And uh, that's certainly not what we've seen in the especially last couple of weeks. we would need licenses, and we would need some uh, future vision from the government. Where do they want this to go? How do they want us to grow? Uh, or do they want us not to grow? Uh, it's good to know that as well. Uh, and as well, uh, we need good cooperation with the local authorities, which we have today, uh, and, and uh, also the environmental agencies and all interested parties. We want to do this in, in harmony with society, and we want to grow sustainably and, and, and responsibly.
0: Could we please have a round of applause for our uh, p- panelists? Thank you so much. So there you have it, a taste of the Interfish Seafood Investor Forums. Now, we have more to cover from the event. We've got another exciting panel on seafood investing, and we'll roll that out next week. Thanks for joining us. And thanks again to our Investor form sponsor, Arian Bank. And we'll see you next time.